0: What makes the journey worth it? The pain, the adversity, the opposition, the challenges, the uncertainty. Why do I have to go through this? What's the lesson in this? I got a paralyzed right arm and hand. The million dollar question I get every single day is you wouldn't change what happened to you, why? Serendipity, join us for insightful dialogues about not just successes, but about failures, opposition, adversities that shape the mold the individuals to who they are today. I'm Inky Johnson. This is Serendipity. Welcome to Season 2 of Serendipity Podcast, Episode 1. I'm Inky Johnson, here with my co-host, DeMarco Mitchell, is Oka Fanoush. We had an amazing first episode. I want to talk to him about what we discussed, Oh, We hit him across the head with
1: parenthood, the difference between raising kids and spoiling kids. We also talked about the power of feeling good versus fulfillment. And then lastly... We've discussed the
0: power of empathy. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram. Tap into our YouTube. Also across all podcast platforms. Be sure to like and subscribe. We hope you enjoy the show. Peace. What's going on, guys? Welcome to season two of Serendipity with Inky Johnson and now my co-host, DeMarco Mitchell. Man, I'm excited. Can't wait for you guys to hear his perspective and get to know him i let the people, my guy.
1: <laughs> um, greetings, greetings. Uh, I am DeMarco Mitchell. I was one of the guests on season one of Serendipity. Um, and if you saw the episode, you know Inky and myself have been traveling these roads uh, to and fro for the past <laughs> probably 20 years, I guess, something like that. Since he was 13, whatever. Yeah. So um, I'm just honored to be here, as the shirt says. You know, my mood is thankful. <laughs> uh, the young Thundercat hit me up a few days ago, a few, a little while ago. And, um, you know, we just started talking and he asked me about it. Would I be interested? And, and again, I'm, I'm just thankful, man, you know, <laughs> yeah. that you even thought enough of uh, our interaction, our Absolutely. relationship, our conversations to, uh, to just project it out to the people. So, no doubt. hey, as we go along, you know, you'll learn hopefully more and more about who I am and and what I'm about. So we're just going to kick it and and have a a wonderful time and try to bring a little bit more and more insight about this thing called serendipity serendipity and life um, and how it all just works
0: together for the greater good. No doubt. What he didn't tell y'all was that he was my eighth grade math teacher, basketball coach, Walked my wife down the aisle at our wedding, told me I was gonna marry my wife in the eighth grade. I thought he was out of his mind, but he proved to be right. But we used to call him, we used to call him something, man. Like, and I still call him this till this day. When I talk to him, when I call him, you know, I call him Oak, right? And a lot of people hear Oak and they wanna know, like, where does Oak originate from? Because I call you Oak all the time. Well, uh, I went to uh, Clark Atlanta University, CAU. Uh, C-A-U. I, yes, yes.
1: And at, at Clark Atlanta, I was fortunate enough to be introduced to an African Rites of Passage. Hmm. You know, um, Dr. Daniel Black, we call him Baba Tosho. And through the African Rites of Passage, you know, you go through the process. And, and during the process, you get a name, you know, based off of your spirit, your personality, just how you are, how did you come into the world, how you interact with people. Mm -hmm. uh your gifts and whatnot and so my name my uh african name is okafanus adeoju Mm. and uh okafanus means one who shall part the rivers for our liberation yes sir. and adeoju that's the surname of uh the young men and women my brothers and sisters who crossed with me um those who created laughter in the eye of the storm Mm. so okafanus uh in short you know, the people who know me in that realm of Oak as you would say, call me Oak. And, you know, we, I would Good bring God. you guys to 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 that, that space. Yeah. And and they were saying Oak, and that's where you guys picked it up. I got so. you.
0: I got you. So, Oak, man, you talked a couple of days ago, and you had someone in your heart and your spirit that you wanted to touch on, man. Let's dive into it. So,
1: you know, I, I am a educator, you Absolutely. know, by trade. That's my profession. Um, and just for the past 21, 22 years, I guess, and being around young people, mainly 12, 14, 12 to 14 year olds, middle school age. And the thing that gets me all the time is just the evolution of, of these young people in juxtaposition to society.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so just looking at and projecting where we're going as a society, um, it made me think about this question. Like, are we leaning more towards raising kids or spoiling kids? Hmm. Yeah. And is that one of the most detrimental or beneficial aspects of a future society?
0: Wow, that's um uh, that's a question with many layers. And so the first thing I think about when you when you pose the question is you know, when you grow up, they tell every generation, man, you should do better than the previous generation, right? And what does that mean? Mm -hmm. But also, I feel as if we get to a certain space and place in life to where it becomes what's more important, what you give to a child or what you instill within a child. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk raising and spoiling, I think there's a fine line because if you grew up a certain type of way, and then you get in a certain position to where you seem to be doing better, whatever that means, right? Right. Then you want to give a child something, right? You want to give them stuff, whatever it may be. I talked to my Uncle Bo the other day. You know, Bo. Shout out to Bo. Yeah, Bo. shout out to Bo. Man. He in prison. Be home soon. But he said something oh that um I was like, man, that's powerful. He said uh, he wouldn't change his prison time now for nothing, right? right? And he spent you know, some years in prison. But he said now the space and place that he's in with his children and his grandchildren, he wouldn't trade it for nothing in the world. And he feels as if that journey brought him to that place. Mm-hmm. Because when he was on the streets, he said, man, I, I was in a place where I had means and I would just give them stuff, materialistic, superficial. But I never had the relationship and the encounter that I have with them now that I'm in prison. And so with your experience as a father, as a parent, working with young people every single day in the educational realm. How do you view it? What's your perspective on
1: it? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, this whole notion of serendipity for for Uncle Bobo.
0: Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
1: Like, that's what it's all about. Like, you experiencing something on the front end that you had no idea that would be life-changing. Right? It's almost, you know, you almost dreading it ain't it you know who, who's volunteering to go to prison mm-hmm. and as and the, the space that he's in now you know he's saying yeah if that means I can have the relationship with my kids and my grandkids then so be it and that's yeah. one of the foundational elements of serendipity you know, as as we the name and title of this podcast um man I don't know I really don't know mm-hmm. I, I get frustrated from time to time when i see that uh people validate or try to validate their parenthood Mm. through their children Mm. like if my child is making all a's if my child is you know make the football team or if my child is this that and the third what does that say about me Mm. yeah then then what you're doing is living your life through your child. child yeah Instead of being an example for your child. Wow. Yeah. And then Mm. now that's going to cascade into a lot of situations where your child now is going to feel entitled. Mm. It's going to, quote unquote, walk down that role of being spoiled Mm. because we were trying to fill the gaps that we may have had as young people throughout our lives, through our children, fill out, fill our emotional gaps. And when I was 12, I sure wanted them Nikes.
0: Mm. My mama
1: couldn't afford them. Yeah, My dad couldn't afford them, right? Yeah. So when you're 12-year-old and you, you know, did everything you were supposed to do to get in a place to um, provide for your child and, and, and get them them Nikes or whatever it may be, you know. uh, what's the name of them Bugoni, what's the name of the shoe <laughs>
0: uh, right uh, Come on. You know the one that call about a thousand dollars. You know the folks walk around a oh, thousand oh, dollars you. Oh, shoes. I don't know. I don't know. You know oh, folks walk around. I know what you're what? talking about. What is yeah. it? Balenciaga. Yeah Balenciaga. Oh, so I don't okay. know. Okay. Okay. You right. know
1: what
0: I'm saying? And that's one
1: That's one. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you know I'm oh, I just, love you, man. I'm just no a ear tone man. But so you know, and all of that. Not knocking it. No what doubt. I'm I'm really just trying to ask is, under, or do we understand what does that lead to? Meaning, providing uh, these material things without undergirding it with a uh, principal things uh yeah. So, um, yes, you can get the. The B shoes, whatever. Absolutely. Um, Or the or the red bottoms. Another one, right? Wonderful. Love the culture. That's part of our culture. Beautiful. Yet, if it's not undergirded with any type of substance, then that becomes a thing that we chase, and we end up we're chasing ghosts now. Mm. So now you have a twenty-five year old, thirty year old, thirty-five year old void in their spirit. Oh, yeah. Because. Is, you know, if I, I, as I said the other day, if you can feel it, touch it, see it, Google it, it probably ain't worth it. Mm.
0: Yeah, I got you.
1: Right? Yeah. It's the things that are intangible, the things that you can feel, the things that you can instill, mm-hmm. right? Not the
0: things that you can provide. So let me ask you this, so So if somebody has those things, mm-hmm. how do you balance it out, right? If somebody, if a kid is growing up, And A parent is just giving them that Mm -hmm. without the kid asking for it. parents just feel like they're in a position man I like this. I didn't have it when I was younger. They're giving it to the kid. The kid is just inheriting it Right. How does one balance that do they teach them or show them how they got in that position? To be able to provide and would that even be effective even if they did it without a kid having to earn it Right, or would it be counterproductive if a kid is receiving this stuff from a parent just giving it to him, the kid is receiving it, and even if you're telling them hard work, sacrifice, dedication, and they're never having to prove it, they hear you, but is it a counterproductive message because they're not having to earn it, sacrifice, dedicate mm-hmm. to something, mm-hmm. and commit to something?
1: Well, <laughs> to me it is, when I run across, you know, young people who inherit things, right? Mm-hmm. I automatically push them towards uh, their own character, their own beliefs. Mm-hmm. What is it that they hold true to? Absolutely. What is it that, like, the easiest part for me is I can tell a kid, um, like when I was teaching, regardless, you got the kid that with the, the, the $12 shoes on or the $1,200 shoes on, mm-hmm. and say, this is the standard for getting an A. And... They are working for the standard. They're working for the A. Now, are you working for the A because you want to make your mama proud, or are you working for the A because you're trying to commit to hard work? Mm. Yeah. And that becomes the the conversation over time. It's not going to be a one time thing. You know. Absolutely. You you can't drop a collard green seed in the ground and it's gonna grow tomorrow. No doubt. So, what happens is over time, I'm trying to get them to, em- em- embrace the notion of committing yourself to something because it's fulfilling to commit to it
0: absolutely not
1: necessarily what you're going to get from it mm-hmm. so yeah with the um with the young people who who are giving things mm-hmm. now what type of person are you right hmm. if if you're still a cool person wonderful all right that's that's what I mean by cool person you're not around here being disrespectful to grown people. You're not being uh, you know, malicious towards your, your peers and this, that and the third. First step. All right, you're a good person. Now, where's your work ethic? Yeah. Because what I've seen, regardless of whether you come from in Atlanta, Cleveland Avenue, or if you come from Buckhead, mm-hmm. the the 12 year old work ethic is still the same and still need to be cultivated.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotcha.
1: So these things that we're talking about, again, that are materialistic, mm-hmm. are just that. They have, they have their place, but they're not the thing that we're going to, let me say it like this, I don't care what 12-year-old I come across, mm-hmm. I'm trying to teach you to be somebody's grandmama or granddaddy. Hmm. I'm not trying to teach you to be an adult. Yeah. I'm not trying to teach you to be somebody's parent. Gotcha. I'm trying to teach you such that you can sit on the porch and watch the grass grow and folks come and sit at your feet gotcha. so that you push the culture along two, three generations down the road, gotcha. I'm not thinking about tomorrow,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's just like a farmer, the farmer's not thinking about the crop this year, mm-hmm. let me turn this, this there's this dirt over enough times, right, yeah. and turn it over the right way, so that it's going to be able to produce crop 10 years from now, 20 years from now, yeah. so that my great grandkids can eat.
0: Yes, sir.
1: Right? Yes, sir. So, my great grand, I mean my granddad, Bun Junior, Down in Top, man, he told me he planted the same sweet potato for 50 years. Wow. You know, you plant sweet potatoes. You put them in the ground. You, you get them. You know, you harvest them. But three or four of them, you cut slits in them, and you put them back in the ground. Huh. So that's how I deal with young people. I'm trying to point, put into you like with y'all. I, I not looking at you like you were 13, man. I went. Did I talk to y'all like y'all were 13?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> nope. Right. No. Nope. Because what you I did. needed, I knew you were gonna be somebody's. Father, you were gonna be somebody's mm-hmm. husband. That was gonna that was a given. Yeah. But life is gonna hit you so hard yes, that at some point are you gonna let lo- let go of the rope for now when you become granddad, are you still gonna be that guy? Mm. That's who I'm trying to teach. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to instill in young people. So if you, you know, what the name of them shoes again? I love it. What's the name?
0: Balenciaga. Balenciaga. If you got on the Balenciagos
1: or the other. You know the cat is. <laughs> don't matter. You still I still want you to be in a place where you can push the culture two, three generations from now.
0: Yes, sir. That quote say, Don't judge each day by the harvest you reap or by the seeds that you sow. Yeah. Right? Like you touched on something and we've talked about it before. But then what you just said, you talked about fulfillment and we've talked about versus what feels good. Yes. And yes. we we've discussed how most people go after what feels good. You meet the average person in many aspects of life. They want what feels good. You meet an athlete. He want what feels good. Even if they lose the game, if he got his stats, I feel good. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if he get his number, I feel good. If he gets recruited, I feel good. We live in a culture that chases what feels good. Something materialistic, superficial. It's cool, it feels good. Yes. But we talked about fulfillment in a different way. And you said when you capture fulfillment, you nurture it, right? Yes. It you, drives you want, you. It. You you want, want, it, want it, it. You want What's it again. You want it again
1: and again and again. <laughs> yeah. Fulfillment is, you know, some some fried chicken, collard greens <laughs> and cornbread. You. <laughs> you eat it on Sunday, but guess what? Come you next eat, Sunday. You eat it. Do you eat it or you eat it with your hands? Right. You're going gonna to yeah. take that cornbread right yeah. there. And then, I'm sorry for hitting that thing, yeah, y'all. No. <laughs> and, and the collard greens, you're going to mash it up and you're going to eat. This becomes your fork. Yes, sir. But the most important part of that is A, is Sunday dinner mm-hmm. at Grandmama's house mm-hmm. and the lessons Absolutely. that gets cultivated right there. But secondly, you're going to want it again next Sunday. Absolutely. And next Sunday. Yeah. Right? That's fulfillment. That's a f- fulfillment you know, in your appetite, but fulfillment in your spirit when you're trying to fight to get that thing again and again and again. Mm -hmm. You know, in sports, we we look at it. You have those teams that they win a championship or a player who he's he's playing, this is contract year, play ball out. We'll get the contract, then what happens the next year? Mm. Does his play increase or does it level off or decrease? That's one of your telltale signs of are you playing for – Fulfillment, or are you playing for feel good? The feel mm-hmm. good of signing the contract, or the fulfillment of doing a good job, mm-hmm. of being a professional, of yeah. being great, of setting a legacy, Absolutely. of being that guy that down the road years from years from now, people look back and say, that's who you want to be like. That's mm-hmm. who you want to play like, Yeah,
0: right? That's fulfillment. Gotcha, yeah. Let me ask you this, Oak. So, how have you, in terms of what you do in the educational realm, In terms of how you live your life to impact young people in the service that you do daily, right? How have you stayed fulfilled, right? Because in every aspect of life, like I firmly believe this, people don't burn out, people don't quit, people don't underachieve because of what they do. People burn out, quit, underachieve because life makes them forget why they do it. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk fulfillment and being driven and showing up every single day, giving everything you got, like it's hard. But yes. you said something, though. You said you said, you might not always be your best, but you can always it's bring good. me your best, right. right? Right. How do you stay fulfilled? How do you capture that? Um, That's that's a interesting question. On the big
1: picture-wise, when I was 22, 23, 24, like the, my first year of teaching, y'all were in my first class, right? Mm-hmm. And so my fulfillment was the interaction and the energy that I got from y'all. Right. Right. And that carried. And then the transition started to happen to where, okay, I can do this in a classroom. Let me see if I can do this and expand it. Yeah. Like become a math coach. Let me see if my thoughts, my um, imagination could, could transform a whole math program. Then, you know, you just, oh, okay. Whether I was successful or not, I, may, I think I was, move it to can I be an administrator mm-hmm. and move it from being just a pro a, a department to like a school. Mm-hmm. And so now, here recently, my transition has been from young people directly to uh, adults, mm-hmm. the people who deal with, the people who teach and inspire young people. Yeah. So my focus, I tell anybody, and this may seem blasphemy. But I don't care about no kids right now. <laughs> not my first. That's not my first priority. Yeah. Right. My first priority is I care about the person who care about the kids mm. who's in direct, who's in direct contact with. Me. Why? Because my my mission, my my purpose for being on Earth uh-huh. is for the up, upliftment and the 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 growth of young people. Gotcha. You. Right. Yes, sir. So sometimes. That thing, the bigger picture, may not have, don't necessarily have to be your focus, your primary focus, but the the primary focus got to be what's going to get them to your big picture. Gotcha. Yeah. I could, my my energy could go towards young people, and I still could have an impact. Mm-hmm. But guess what? I, could, me personally, I can only impact 10, 15, 20, whatever, whatever finite number you come up with, Right. Right. But if I impact just ten adults, now what you've done with that finite people that I can impact is multiplied by ten. Hmm. Yeah, I got you. So it's me now pouring my energy, pouring my heart, pouring, you know, walking in in my uh, relationship with God with how do I walk with you now as an adult? Hmm. How do I walk with Mike Jones? How do I walk with Alvin Payton, Brandon Simpson, Robert Printup? You know, all of these cats who... In my life, uh, John Connor. shout out to the flouties. Um Just these, these young people, or well, I would say young people, but men hmm. who are in charge of a group of young folk, oh, folk right? got you. And then now once they do the same thing, when oh. I can go really sit on the porch, for real, for real, now, now I feel like I've impacted and had an impact on the world.
0: Got you, yeah.
1: So it started out, just to answer your question, it started out with this, just a small circle of 36 young people and then it expanded it got gotcha. you to so where I'm
0: now my, my emphasis is on teachers, Got gotcha. you So I want to segue Oak, and uh, ask your question because often I, I talk to you about this like About fatherhood right and as beautiful as fatherhood is Like just learning children mm-hmm. Pulling parts out of yourself that you didn't know you possess Trying to figure out how to deal with your children, pull the best out of them, nurture certain things, trying to figure out what words to choose, mm-hmm. how your kids process the words that you choose, right? And how to get them to what they aspire to be, whatever that may be, yeah. right? But fatherhood and parenthood is something that's, that's different, right? So I want to ask you this. What's, what's been up until this point your greatest challenge in terms of being a father, uh, and I answer the same. After okay. see um, Biological. Mm-hmm.
1: Being, uh, I guess, three different people hmm. at any given time. Yeah. And and that's probably the the the, the smallest number because in my head. And thinking back on it, you know my my biologicals are all have all graduated high school mm-hmm. and thinking back on it, okay, you got Isaiah and Amari and Josiah and my relationship with them because they're all different, I had to be different right, yet still maintain the same anchor of the same principles, but the way in which I'm uh delivering those lessons the way I'm receiving those lessons um and communicating them was all different. So being that person and being able to just shift on the fly, yeah. right? And then being um, Isaiah's, uh, being the person who is married to or was married to Isaiah's mama, mm-hmm. the person who was married to uh, Josiah's mama and Amari's mama. Mm-hmm. That Now we're talking about six people. Hmm. Because if it's just me and Isaiah, ooh, as you can attest, yeah. when it's just you and Lil Ink, right? Yeah. But now when it's you, Ink, and Allison, that's in a whole nother Inky.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Hey. So
1: it's just just being those different. Yeah, you know, being able to put on those different hats in a moment, mm-hmm. and and made boo of mistakes, but mm-hmm. I would still say just but being there. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and that's the hard. That to me, that's the hardest part. Like, yeah.
0: I'll, mm-hmm. never forget. I'll, I'll never forget, right? I was talking to Ink one day at the practice, and I was just talking to him, right? Like he had did something, like, that was pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. And I was talking to him, and I was like, hey, Ink, man, you did that great. But, man, if you would have did this, it would have made this happen, right? And I looked at him, he had some tears coming down. Right, and this is the first time I felt it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like I remember being young. Oh, and I'm gonna be real with you, right? I remember being young, and when I would see a parent cry, like at a graduation, you know what I'm saying, or a kid got an <laughs> award, right? Mm-hmm. And a parent would be like, "Oh my God, it was beautiful," but I couldn't really understand the fathom, right? Mm-hmm. Because I just saw parent kid get an award, cool. I never saw the intricacies of it. I never saw the struggle. I never saw what they went through in their household. I never saw the dynamics of that household. I never saw that. And so from the outside looking in, I would look and be like, man, how a parent cried graduation? Even though I would see it. And so now with my children, I get emotional about certain things, and I'm starting to understand it and process it. Mm-hmm. But the first time I felt it was when I was just talking to my son. Just normal dialogue. It wasn't no inflection. It wasn't no "come on, ink." Like it was just talking. Yeah. And I saw the impact that it had on him, and he cried. Right. And so when we get to the house, I'm thinking like, man, my man gotta wipe that face before we walk into his mama. You know, mama going like, she gonna ask me direct, "What what you say to him?" Right. right. We walk in the house, and she could see the dried up tears. She like, "What you say to that Boy, I was like, I told him he did this great, but it can produce this. And she said something to me. She was like, you know, Inc, sometimes we can be so focused on what a person can become that we forget to acknowledge where they are. Mm-hmm. Right. And I skimmed over what he had did in the moment. Man, that was great. But if you do this and always focusing on the this, if you do this, you can get here. If you do this, you can get here and never stopping to acknowledge. Hey, man, what you did was beautiful. Right. That was great. I love that. Period. Period. That was great. That moment phenomenal right we could discuss everything else down the line learning to get to that point after being the individual that grew up that would acknowledge man what you did was great all right let's go work on this mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. was me mm-hmm. right Ink, you hit him for 30 I'm back in the gym that night if I could be that was me mm-hmm. but now learning the dynamics as a parent son what you did was great period that's been my greatest challenge because I wasn't wired that way. Right. And so now trying to reverse engineer as a father and as a parent to try to help my children. I, w- I would say I would say I don't know if it's necessarily reverse
1: engineering mm-hmm. as it is the universe and the creator expanding. Gotcha. Right? I love it. And that the reason that we are even in the physical, and I say this all the time, is to relate. Yes, sir. Because in the spiritual realm, I don't know if there's an up or down. I don't know if it feels good or feels mm-hmm. bad. I don't know if it hurts or not. Right? So in this realm, it's about relations. Yes. So you, me, I have the way in which I was raised. I have the way in which I am wired. Mm-hmm. Isaiah mm-hmm. is totally different. Mm. Totally different from an emotional standpoint. Yeah. Right? You know, you, we we got proximal relation in terms of how close our our uh, seeds are to us. Like he's just like me, or she's just like me. Yeah. She got my personality. Certain whatever, ways, whatever. absolutely. Right, yeah. but then the ones who are all the way just totally opposite of you. Mm-hmm. I look at that as the creator saying, "Okay, that's the piece of me that you got to get." Hmm. Yeah. So that yeah. that level of um uh, enjoy the moment. Mm-hmm. Be in the moment. Absolutely. Be still. Yes, sir. That's God speaking through little inky to big inky.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. I caught that. I caught
1: that. I believe in that. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, I, I I just tell you what is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not it's not, you know, I don't believe in right or wrong or yeah, none yeah, of that. Yeah. It just is. Absolutely, right? and for me, that's it. That is, like, all of those um, those differences that that I have with my young folks, mm-hmm. and when I say my young folks, like anybody that comes in, in my circle, yeah. it's like I I took I take it as
0: the creator just trying to expose me to a better version of me. Yeah. So let me ask you this: since I asked you in terms of a challenge. What's been the most rewarding part of parenthood, being a father, or interacting with young people? Most rewarding part of it. I know it. I know it may be many moments, but if you can narrow it down, or if you could think about, you know, whatever the case may be, what's been some of the most rewarding things um, about
1: it? That I think they that they they get. The notion of what it means to be a Mitchell, from what we I've taught them, and that is, at the end of the day, is to help people. Yes, sir. And to see them manifest that in small ways, even in big ways, even as you know, late teenagers, early 20-year-olds, and kind of take that to heart. Mm-hmm. You know the. The individual, the ego part of me is, oh, I taught that, right. right? Yet the the outside of my ego part is that they are imparting something into the world, hmm. and and that something is is going to, from my perspective, make the world better. Absolutely. Which is, you go out and y- your your first thought process is, how can I be of service?
0: Yeah.
1: And and them being able to take that to heart, you know.
0: Yeah, I had uh, I love them. I, mean, I had one of the most rewarding moments as a father like two weeks ago, right? And so, you know, you would be out with the kids and the family, and we would go to whether it be a grocery store, whether it be you know be somewhere on the east side of town. Mm-hmm. You know, I just stop places. I just go in the store. Like right? wherever I'm at, I'm gonna stop. Go in a convenience store. I don't care how the area look. I don't care about none of that because of how I grew up. And so some of the places we go or we stop, people may run up to us, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it be the water boys in the city. You pull up to an intersection, they run up to your car, right? Most people won't talk to them. I just have a conversation. I go to rolling my window down, you know what I'm saying? Talking to them. Or we go to a store. People run up toward us, right? Now, to kids, sometimes that's terrifying. Right? Mm-hmm. Like cat, run up, knock on your window. You know what I'm saying? Jada sometimes you're like, Dad, I don't know how I feel about this. You know what I'm saying? Jada, my daughter, she's 11. Ink sometimes, ain't real inquisitive, right? Ain't gonna ask a lot of questions. And so I could tell they would be uncomfortable when these things would happen. And sometimes, you know, you give people money, whatever, whatever. And like my uncle have taught me, like you've said to me, what you do is what you do. That's who you are. You don't worry about what they're doing with it. Right. And so you don't give somebody something and be like, well, what if they do this with it? Right. You just serve and you just be a blessing. Yeah. Right. So we stopped at a tire shop to get some air in the tire. And when we got some air in the tire, I didn't have any cash, but I wanted to give my man something. So I was like, man, is there a way I can pay over you know, the car? I want to I wanna tip you in a nice way. And I was going to give him a nice tip because he did it. hmm and he was like, nah, man, you ain't got to worry about it. No pressure. And I was like, All oh, good. I was like, man, I'm going to be right back. I'm going to go up the street to the gas station. I'm going to be right back. I got to make a stop before I go to the gas station. But I'm going to be right back, right? And I went up the street. We did what we had to do. And my son said, after we did what we had to do, Ink was like, hey, Dad, make sure you go to the gas station and get that man that money for pumping up our tire. Because you told him you was going to do it. Make sure you do it. And I'm like, no doubt. We finna do it right now. And I went and I did it, right? And I was like, he get it. He -hmm. got the principle, right? In moments when I thought he was scared, in moments when I thought he was terrified, in moments sometimes it was uncomfortable, and I would do these things, I thought the result of that moment would be him being like, no, if I walk out somewhere and somebody run up on me, like, I ain't trying to do that. It's making me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But he caught it, right, in the midst of it by being an example. And so what's more important, words Mm -hmm. or actions, because we tell people what to do all day. Um, right? You're married, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So, if you were married to me, what would be more important? Worst action? Actions, I would say. Then, man, you probably be about ready to get it. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah. All you got to do is tell me I did a good job. Yeah. You ain't got to buy me none. You ain't got to buy me them B shoes. Them B shoes. Them them Balenciaga. Yeah. You ain't got to buy me them B shoes.
0: Balenciagos. Mm-hmm.
1: No. no. you ain't got to do none of that. Uh, but just say, hey man, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Good job. See, Lil Ain't just being around him for a few, the little time I have, right? He He's a words of affirmation type fella.
0: Mm hmm.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. You ain't got to do a whole lot for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and they got to show him the world. But just for him to know his dad is proud of him, he's good. Hey, one Right? Yeah. For me, words. Hmm. Right? Then for someone else, it may be actions. Hmm. The work is to figure out what is it for each individual you're dealing with. Yeah, gotcha. So it's not out there, and it, I don't think it's just not out there where it's just automatically one thing. Mm-hmm. Right? If someone, you know, in the studio right now, you I write her a card, I write her a letter right here, she be in here crying. Yeah. Because words, affirmations are a thing. Yeah. Um, like, you can do whatever, because she'll feel like she can do stuff for herself. And that's how I am. Mm-hmm. So, the, the the I guess the lesson is, figure out what is most important to an individual. Yeah. And, you know, as we were talking, and I was I I really believe everyone naturally is self-referential, mm-hmm. regardless if you're trying to be, the, you know, the most helpful person in the world, or you're trying to give the greatest advice. Mm-hmm. We're going to refer back to ourselves or our experience, and then project that out. Right. The work is: Can I become ink referential hmm. when I'm listening to you? Hmm. Like you may tell me. Um, that you did something, right, or that right. you're thinking something or you contemplating something. Right. My advice always is going to come from the inky that I know. Yeah. It's not going to come from what I would do if I was an inky shoes.
0: Hmm. It's
1: good. So that's the work, though. Yeah. You have to pay enough attention. You have to ask enough questions. You have to spend enough time with someone to know how do they function. Mm. not so much of how you function or what you think and what you feel or what's important to you. What's important to you. Yeah. That's what I'm riding with right now because in this moment you are the referential. Mm. You are the center of what's going on. Mm. Right. Yeah. So I think if we can do that, then I feel like, like, you know, you can kind of make any, any relationship work.
0: Yeah. So do you treat it like love languages like yeah. in terms of words, yeah. of affirmations. Pretty much. Pretty much. Actions with people individually. Yeah. Right. Yep. Not just
1: my spouse. Yeah. Just so, people, period. So I is can,
0: that is that um is it a certain level of empathy to that? It, it's the
1: highest level of empathy. Yeah. Because that's what I'm I'm I guess envisioning being them or you referential is. Is is really empathy. Gotcha. Right? Such that it's not me putting myself in that position; it's me being able to understand you in that position. Mm, so it, it may be almost taking empathy to another step, but I'm not a you know I'm not a person who's the healer in terms of the gifts of the universe. That's not my thing, so I wouldn't necessarily know. But yeah, it's in it's in the arena of empathy. Yeah,
0: that's um. Empathy is empathy is something that, you know, oftentimes, even when we share perspective or Mm -hmm. opposition, adversity, challenges, things that have made us who we are as people. Right. Like you said something to me years ago, probably 13, 14 years old. You said you can respect a person's thought without respecting their thought process. Like you can respect how they got to their thought right? Or their thought process sometimes without Mm -hmm. respecting the thought, right? Looking at it both ways. Right. And so when you talk about being empathetic and looking at a person every single day, encountering situations, circumstances, and stopping to try to cultivate that, to think about it from that person's angle, perspective, how they view things, that ain't easy. No,
1: no, no, no. Especially for... I think it's, it's, it's harder for high-energy people like you and yeah. I. Yeah. Because we're like, dude, dude, girl, dude, girl, dude. let's get it, let's get it, let's get it. And then those are very soft moments. Absolutely. Right? That you got to be cognizant of, and then you got to cultivate. You know what I'm saying? It's like going out in the garden, you just got to pull up the weeds. You know? Some days you don't go out and hoe around. You don't go out and water. You just pull up the weeds. That's how. That's what empathy is. Yeah. You know, let me clear help clear the way so this 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 seed, this flower, this heart can grow and expand. Hmm. Right? Yeah. So, you know, it it's it's, it's difficult
0: mm-hmm.
1: to think about it. Yeah. To for it to be on the forefront. But once it becomes on the forefront, if you're a caring genuine, just if you're a good dude, man, yeah. you are gonna do it. No doubt. You know, most just of the time most of the time when you fall short, Mm-hmm. Of other people's expectations, especially the people that you love, right? Right. I'm, I bet you a dollar to donuts is because you didn't think about it. Mm. Now, people will say, well, because you didn't think about it means something. What, you'll bet them no oh, A dollar to a what? Well, I bet you a dollar to <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah.
1: But I love it. I'm just saying, it, it's, um, it's not because you don't care. Yeah. Not because you don't want to. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, you didn't think about
0: it. Yes, sir.
1: Right? And that is not an indicator of my love or lack thereof for you. Mm. That's that's me being wired. Like Josiah, my youngest, biological, right? He just graduated Tri-Cities. Um, and he's self-aware enough to know that I, I don't call people. Mm. So you know what that lets me know? He ain't about to call me. Mm. But I can't equate that to his... As though that's the level to which he loves me. But people will. That's what, that's what, that's the work. Yeah. The real work is people cultivating will. relationships, as you said. Yeah. I know who you are, man. Yeah. I know what you're going to do and not going to do. Absolutely. Now, when we get to that place, that's what, What we even finna have no argument. What we finna fall out about? Mm. Even yeah. if we do have an argument or falling out, we gonna be beating the dough down the next <laughs> day, trying to get that <laughs> yeah. call or be at the dough, man, you know
0: what, <laughs> what yeah. We done with that and dough nothing right yeah
1: because we're fighting to get to know each other Mm. i'm not fighting you're not fighting we're not competing to prove a point nobody's trying to be right you know whatever so that's that's where that that empathy comes in where you you really love a person genuinely enough to to remove yourself from the equation Mm. no validation needed no glory
0: needed no attention needed yeah That's good. Match this, Hope. Because your students, your former students, people that know you, like, they swear by you. They love you, man. Like, they rock for you. They go to the ends of the earth for you. Like, what's your greatest strength? And what would you say is a weakness at this present moment, where you are in life, the chapter that you're in right now? Uh. My greatest weakness
1: um, really is fighting the need to be needed. Mm. Like my greatest weakness is um, wanting to be liked, needing to be accepted.
0: Hmm. How so? Because you are liked by those that are connected to you and have came across your path like and, you are so and, how so and and for that not to be enough huh that lets me
1: know yeah there's there's still something out there there's still a piece of self-master's piece of self-peace that I don't have hmm uh-huh. is is out there yeah and I've I've walked the path and walked the path on the right side of good on the left side of good on the right side of bad and the left side of bad hmm. Take that how you want to yeah and um yet i'm still here and i'm still pressing for that self-mastery and i know my weakness is i'm i'm still looking for physical validation self-validation other people validation like that need to be liked, needed revered seen as whatever because if if it were to go away telling myself the truth if it were to go away i would crumble mm. You know, I'm mm. um, that just yeah. as real as I can be about it. No doubt. You know, and, and I think my greatest strength is uh my faith. Hmm. And and when I say faith I mean my belief in people. Yeah. Because I think uh, God reveals just pieces of God's self through other people. Yeah. Like if we if we were to from the, the beginning of history, whatever that may be, yeah. To up until this point, and if we were to be able to mesh all of those people together, we would get a, a, a small glimpse of what God looks like. Hmm. And so through people, my belief in people, I think is is my greatest strength.
0: And so that's how you define that version of your faith, or is that how you define faith in general? Like my Like you version. said faith, your version of faith. My version. I, I, man,
1: I ain't finna walk down nobody else by <laughs> no faith You <to> <laughs> don't Lost Ain't
0: your no, mind on that one, now. no, sir, no, sir, not no. in that trap. Uh-uh.
1: No, nah, I got mm-mm. you, I got you. It's just mine the way I see the universe. You yeah, know, I say the universe, the creator, God, all at the same thing. Yeah. However, anybody else want to take it, but for me, all of that's working interchangeably. So, yeah,
0: yeah. You know, man, I I struggle with as a weakness. Um, I don't know if it's the middle ground. Mm -hmm. you know but oftentimes that's how i refer to it but like you know i'm either one or the other and i struggle in the middle and trying to figure it out right and so when i say one or the other like if i rock with you i rock with you if i don't i don't like but in the middle sometimes i feel as if relationships i i explain it to you this way so and you know this. Early on in my life with my father, Mm -hmm. right? And with my father and my mother's relationship early on in my life. Mom had me 16. You know, her and my father went through whatever they went through, you know, and he wasn't always present. Right. But then my father started coming back around into my life, coming, you know, and he was trying to forge a relationship. Right. Even when I was younger, sometimes he was trying to forge a relationship. And So I don't know now that I think about it the age that I am right the understanding that I have the perspective that I have I don't know now if when my father was trying to forge a relationship with me If it wasn't just me being uncomfortable and not knowing how to handle it To the point to where I would be like nah Mm -hmm. He would call the house my grandma house. Hey, tell ink. I want to come pick him up. Nah, I'm cool Right Hey, tell ink. I want to take him to the store now nah, I'm cool, which prolonged our relationship and our encounter. Now we're great. My yeah. father's a great-grandfather. Our relationship is dope, you know what I'm saying? Like joke, laugh. But when I think about in the early years, I'm like, man, me and my father probably could have had that encounter way before if I probably would have knew how to handle the middle ground, mm-hmm. which I've never known how to handle. I'm either going to rock with you. I'm not. But when it gets a little murky, yeah. I'm like, I don't know how to handle that too much, right? Because I've been taught how to deal with it this way. I've been taught how to cut. Mm-hmm. I haven't been taught too much about conflict resolution. Yeah, I haven't been right. taught too much about how to handle controversy like that. I don't really like controversy, right? Because it takes oh. me to a space and place that mm-hmm. makes me very <laughs> uncomfortable, right? It's like for, for me to get mad, Like, bro, you got to really just keep, like, I'm going to try to get out of it Mm -hmm. if I see you taking me there because I don't want to go there. And so for me to get to that space, you got to really be pushing me to get to that space because that's a space that I'm not comfortable in. Neither do I want to reside in, Mm -hmm. right? Now, I feel as if my, my strength as a person is I got this optimism, this faith, this belief, Oak that wherever I land on God's green earth, I'm going to be all right, right? With resources, without resources, I just feel in every fiber of my being, wherever I land, right, I'm going to be cool, right? I done experienced both sides of the fence, right? Been privileged to experience certain things, came up on the floor with my cousins, loved it, right? Syrup sandwich, the noodles, loved it. Right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Grandma sitting on the porch, cooking that. Like, I loved it. And so I got this belief as I go throughout life, as I travel throughout life, that, man, it's going to be all good. Right? And sometimes dealing with people that when they encounter certain things, letting them know, hey, man, this is a moment. Mm-hmm. Right? Not trying to diminish what right. you may be right. going through, but this is a moment. Like, mm-hmm. everything going to be cool. God going to work it out.
1: And that's, yeah. that's that's the blessing and the curse of it, yeah. of, of, of having that, that type of mindset. Absolutely. Because the curse is sometimes people may think you're fake mm-hmm. because it's like, you can't be like, like that, that all the yep. time, Yep, right? You're just conjuring that up. Yep. Or it may be because we get so, going back to uh, Lil Inc., we get so tunnel vision mm-hmm. that it's really just the moment. Mm. that they need mm. sometimes people just need to sit in their own place and 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 i'm not gonna call it wallowing because that may sound you know diminishing it right. some people need a lot of people need processing time or almost everybody needs processing time absolutely. it's just that everybody's processing time is different different absolutely you know folks for people like us, the processing time is, all right, we gone. Mm-hmm. We're moving. And we still processing it, but it doesn't stop us. Right. Right. Because I can say this, again, in full disclosure, like I'm just going to keep speaking it. Like my pops passed in 2002. I don't think it was to 2019 that I really got over it. Wow. I kept moving. Wow. I kept, but I was still processing. Still healing from it. Mm. right whereas it might not have taken me but maybe two years if I just stood still Hmm. so that's that was maybe the curse of it to where then I picked up and carried some baggage that I wouldn't have had to carry Hmm. because I didn't take the time and stop in that moment see it for what it was deal for what it is so that's the the curse the blessing is some things can happen and we need to just move on and move faster yes sir And I don't have to just keep walk, not necessarily walking, but just stand there, being being paralyzed by it, hmm. you know. And just being,
0: and I told you, you keep me going, man. I don't want <laughs> I I, I to get out. Hey, hey, look, man. look, I gotta ask you this though: <laughs> Is the serendipity in the moments that you feel as if the blessing and the curse? Is the serendipity in what we may consider to be the curse, right? To where when we get to a certain space and place. And we look back on it, we can appreciate it. And so when I speak about what happened and transpired with my father, mm-hmm. in the moment, now when I look back at it, it can be something that's detrimental. It can be something that I may consider to be a curse. But the serendipity in the moment is now, as a father, now with our relationship, mm-hmm. I cherish it and appreciate it a lot more. Right. And right. if I never experienced that time period, I probably never would even view it the same present day.
1: Okay, put it like this. Regardless of whether it's a blessing, because those are our terms right, and things we're putting on it, right? Regardless of whether it's a blessing or a curse, serendipity is you made better as a result. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Some aspect is going to come out and be better as a result of having gone through whatever life experience it is. Absolutely. So in the moment, it may be a, a curse. Mm-hmm. In the moment, it may be a blessing. Because in that moment, it feels good. Absolutely. In the moment, it may feel bad, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. But once you get fully on the backside of it, as old folks say, sometimes my soul look back and wonder how I made it over. What they say, oh the old folks
0: say? You know, sometimes you know. sometimes <laughs> what what they say, my what soul, the elders my say? My soul
1: look back yes, sir. and wonder how I made it over. Mm. So all of these experiences, hard times, great times, when you get to that place where you can just look back and be like, how did I do that? Man. How did we get past that? Right? That's that serendipity moment. Oh. So in the in the moment of it, we can call it what we, we want to. Mm. Blessing, curse, good, bad, right, wrong, whatever. But when you get on the backside of it, it's going to be all for the good. All for the getting closer to this ultimate purpose, mm. which is for the physical and the spirit to dwell as one.
0: Mm. Hey man, I think I think we could drop the mic after that. Sometimes my soul look back and wonder how I made it over. I ain't got nothing else to say. Oh, you could take us out if you want. I'm done, man.
1: Listen, man. Again, as the smooth says, man, I'm (laughs) thankful, thankful for you, thankful for you even thinking enough of me, man. No Um, doubt. You know, we're gonna continue forth, keep pushing the culture along. Yes, sir. I love it. Um, As we go forward, we bring in and. Uh, other ideas other perspectives and keep just bouncing them off each other and and as you said earlier in, in the prayer that we did everybody didn't hear that um may, may this opportunity just touch and reach whoever it is supposed to reach. Absolutely. So forth and so on. But with that, you know, we out Peace. I, I don't get no
0: doubt. I got you.